and paid attention to the logos of FedEx and Amazon. The FedEx logo between an E and an X, there is an arrow. I wanted to go back and look at it because once you see that arrow, you will not look at the FedEx logo like before. On the Amazon logo, you would see a line between the letters A and Z. Because Amazon has everything from A to Z. Again, now you will not look at the Amazon logo like the way you looked at it before. So there are certain things once you see, you cannot unsee. Certain things once you hear, you cannot unhear. Well, the logos are fun, but certain other things you would wish that you had not seen it or heard it, because maybe it's too difficult. And we encounter one such passage in, um, in today's uh, gospel, which talks about Jesus' preparation for death. It says, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains just a grain of wheat. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will preserve it for eternal life. So the wheat, in other words, it's about the seed. A seed has to be destroyed in order for it to form into a plant. Something, something um, in order to become new, has to change. Jesus is the seed par excellence because he takes on humanity, even death, so that we can share in his divinity, so that we can share in his new life. So a question for us today is, do we cling on to things that are in our life? Maybe many good things, amazing things. And if we do cling on to it, when the time comes to leave them, we're going to resist. So the question is, are we willing to embrace change? Unfortunately, if you love everything about your life, that you don't want anything to be changed, then we, come, then we become, in many senses, owned and enslaved to the things that we have. When Jesus says, hate your life, he does not say, hate everything that you have, your, you know, um, the good things that you have, your life in general. But rather, he is asking us to compare the life that we have today with eternal life. I have shared before this 
this analogy of life as two mountains, the mountain of ambition, the mountain of vocation. We spend a lot of time on the mountain of ambition, career, work, family, everything else that we um, uh, seek um, and maybe achieve. But we realize somewhere down the line that there is another mountain. This is not it, even after we reach the peak. Um, that there is the mountain of vocation, which tries to answer the question, uh, who am I? What am I called to do? A voice coming from the outside and calling me to something. And the time that we spend there um, is infinitely more important, or more valuable, uh, compared to the time we spent on the mountain of ambition. The mountain, I mean, the time that we spent here in church or doing the many things for God is infinitely more important in eternal life than what we do outside, chasing our own dreams. And that is the life that God says we should hate because this other life is beautiful. And it calls for a sacrifice many a times in order to be on the mountain of vocation, in order to be here in church, to do God's plan, his dreams, his will, calls for a sacrifice. It calls for a breaking um, so that we can become better. So again, the question is, how do we confront change? How do we confront death? Death to our selfish desires, our ambitions. Or how do we confront self-sacrifice, self-denial? Do we look at it as growing, that we're growing uh, through this and I need it? Or do I look at it as meaningless? Do I allow myself to grow or do I hold on? Do I break open or do I remain stagnant? So a mission in life is not so much to be successful, but to be faithful. It is not so much to receive, but to give. It is not so much to have a life for myself, but to rather sacrifice myself for others. Jesus does this in the greatest way possible on the Mount of Calvary by nailing, getting himself nailed on that cross, getting his arms stretched out to show to us how much he loves us. There is a story that you may have come across. It's called The Story of the Giving Tree. It is by Shel Silverstein. It's, um, it's, it's in a children's book. Um, Shel Silverstein was a Jew who later goes on to convert to the Catholic faith. And his friend, who was a priest, um, one day they get together and this priest friend of his asked him a question. How would you describe your faith and feelings about Jesus. Shell says, um, this is a difficult question to answer. Give me a week. I'll think about it. Um, and I'll get back to you. 
He goes back, he thinks about it, and he comes back with an answer. The answer is the story of the giving tree. So it's a story about a tree a long time ago that lived, and she loved a little boy. The little boy loved the tree. The tree said, come, take my leaves, make crowns and, and you know, play um, the game of being a king. The boy used to climb on the trunk of the tree and used to eat on the apples. The boy and the tree would play hide and seek. The boy would sleep in the shade. And the tree was very happy. Time passed by and the boy grew and the tree was alone. And one day the boy returns and the tree is excited. It says, come, come boy, come, get the leaves, climb on my trunk. And the boy says, I'm, I'm too big. I'm too big to climb and play. What I need right now is money. Can you give me money? And the tree says, no, I, I don't have money. But you can take the apples from the tree and sell it. And you can get money. And the boy says, okay. And he starts collecting all the apples. And the tree is happy. Time goes by. The tree is alone again. And finally, the boy comes back. And the, and the tree says, come, um, you know, climb my trunk, um, stay here, get the leaves. And the boy says, no, I'm, I'm too busy for this. What I need right now is a house. I need wife, I need children, and I need a house. Can you give me a house? The tree says, no, I mean, I, I, I cannot give you a house. But you can cut off my branches and you can build a house. And the boy decides to go ahead and he goes and cuts all the branches and the tree is happy. Time goes by and, um, and again the tree is lonely and finally the boy comes back. And the tree says, the tree is happy and it says, come, you know. Um, climb, and the boy says, no, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm too old for all of this. What I need right now is I need a boat. I need to travel. I need to sail. So the boy, I mean, so the tree says, okay, cut down my trunk and you build a boat. The boy goes ahead, cuts the trunk and builds a boat and goes sailing. After a very long time, the boy returns. And the tree says, I'm sorry, boy. I have nothing to give. I have given you apples, branches, my trunk. I'm sorry. The boy says, who's now an old man, says, I'm too tired. All I need 
is a place to sleep. Yes, I'm an old stump, the tree says. This is a great place for you to sleep. Come, boy, come, sit and rest. The boy, who's an old man, goes and rests on the stump, and the tree was happy. So as you hear the story, I guess there are people that come to our mind who kind of give, always give and give. Maybe our parents, maybe there are others in our life who don't stop giving. So that is our mission, to give and not just receive. So let us today, as we prepare for the, to receive Christ in the Eucharist, who truly is a model of giving, that we may learn something from him, that we may be people of giving, um, and that we may fulfill our mission, which is to give, which is to, like the grain of wheat, to, um, which falls to the ground and dies, um, so that it can produce much fruit. And let us not give up on this important mission.